First off, good evening to our listeners from Springfield and maybe from outside of Springfield. Welcome to our first episode of Spring Talks. Now, today our guest is Mr. Sumner. He has been a teacher in Springfield for over three years now, currently teaching English to the grade nine students and is one of the most beloved teachers among Springfield students. We have had the pleasure of being taught by him and let's just get straight into it. I hope you'll enjoy the first episode of Spring Talks. So how are you doing today, Mr. Sumner, especially during this pandemic? I'm doing great. Um, I, I'm, I'm definitely a person that I think um, adjusts well to changes. Um, obviously, from having lived abroad for a while, from like the different hobbies that my wife and I both enjoy, I, I think we've been doing fine. Uh, de- definitely there are other people who've been hit harder, have more difficult struggles and all of that. And uh, all in all, I think that the last year or two years has been um, pretty easy for me on the whole. Well, good to hear that. So would you say you're in a better position living in Indonesia now compared to US? Oh, uh, I mean, that's that's definitely a difficult uh, question to answer. I think a lot of that would depend on where uh, I, I would be in the US. Like, for example, my parents live in a very rural area in the mountains of Georgia, and there's let's call it 5,000 people um, in, in the town they live in. And so they've largely been open throughout this entire thing. And when the vaccine rollouts happened, almost everyone in their town was vaccinated within a few weeks and everything's been open and fresh air. And that would definitely be an easy place to live in. But then I have you know friends that live in New York or live in LA or live in Seattle and those urban centers definitely have been hit harder and are going through even harsher lockdowns at the moment than we are here. Uh, So uh, a lot of that would depend on location. I understand. So I would say that being in Indonesia, especially Jakarta, it it, it did get hit quite hard compared to the smaller cities. Like this term break, I went to Bali and the circumstances there was much better. Not a lot of people, most 90% of the people there was already vaccinated. So it's actually quite safe. Yeah, that's true. So moving on from that, I've always wanted to ask you this, but why are you called Sumner? Is it your middle name or is it just something else such as a nickname? Yeah, so Sumner is my middle name. um, And I I think you've probably got to ask my parents more than you have to ask me in that uh, my entire life, they've called me Sumner. no, no one's ever referred to me as Paul from like the, the first day I was in, you know, pre-K or two years old wandering around in my parents' house. Uh, they, they've always called me somewhere. Um, and I'm, I'm also not the only one in my family like that. Uh, my, my older brother's name is Autry Cole Moore, and he's gone by Cole his entire life. He goes by his middle name as well. So would you say you enjoy being called Mr. Sumner more than, let's say, being called by your first name? Uh, Yeah, definitely. I've never responded to my first name um, because I've never really been called it. Uh, Honestly, um, I think with your class, uh, definitely with with Dylan's and um, Jordan's as well, uh, I I encourage most kids just to call me Sumner. And that has more to do with like Mr. Sumner or Sir or uh, tend to be mouthfuls, uh, tend to be, you know, more difficult and less quick and uh, I have a lot more care and you know uh, efficiency in conversation and the ability to get your point across than I care about like 
honorifics or, or faux respect through titles. I see. And you've been teaching in Springfield for a long time now, over three years. And so do you think it's stressful or do you enjoy it more uh, than compared to your first year at Springfield? Uh, so um, over three years is technically correct in, in the same way that like, you know, the Roman Empire ended more than 10 years ago. Uh, but I, I've been at Springfield now for eight years, I believe, um, maybe seven. Uh, but anyway, um, your, your first year in any job anywhere, e even if it's, if it's something you're very good at, is going to be difficult. It's going to be a difficult transition because you'll be working with a new team, you'll have new objectives, you'll have different things. Um, definitely where I was coming from, um, I was in a school in East Jakarta that was uh, very poorly organized um, and teachers were incredibly independent. And so coming over to Springfield in which we had very clear objectives, um, you know, we're, we're evaluated more from our outside examinations in Cambridge, WASC and accreditation. Uh, and so there are very clear goals to hit and very clear objectives for us to go through. And Mr. Jimmy and I redesigned all of G9, G10, G11 and G12's curriculum in that first year. Uh, and so, I've been doing that curriculum that we designed with tweaks and improvements and you change things every year. You never teach the same class twice. Uh, but yeah, certainly now it is far less stressful than that first year. I had 115 students in a new environment, living in a new area, figuring out Cambridge objectives and developing a new curriculum. So what I do now is significantly less stressful than that first year. I see. So you've been teaching for eight years now. And that would say, I would say that you are very experienced in that field of teaching. But in other fields, other than teaching, are you, do you think you're experienced enough or did you have any other jobs before teaching? I had a lot of jobs um, before teaching. Um, I had my first job when I was 12, I wanna say. Um, I started a business doing pet sitting and house sitting um, in my neighborhood. I would uh, take care of people's pets and houses when they went on vacation for like, you know, small fees and small sums of money. Uh, I had a short business in where I was outsourcing landscaping work via the internet. Uh, this, is, this is the early days of the internet, so you could definitely get away with those things a lot better than you can now. Um, and then I was a busboy at a seafood restaurant. Do you know what a busboy is? Um, I'm not quite sure, no. Okay, uh, a busboy is like lower than a waiter. They're the guys that come around when you finish the meal and like take all of your dirty dishes or plates or things and like take them to, to the back to wash them. Um, I did that when I was, yeah, I would say eighth grade, I believe, maybe ninth grade. I worked at a Carvel, which is a ice cream chain, like a Cold Stone, um, making ice cream when I was in high school. Then I, uh, I was an intern at an insurance agency, uh, which I sold voluntary benefits to companies. Um, when I was in college, I worked as a bartender, a waiter. I worked as a delivery driver for like a GoFood, Gojek type company. Um, it was called Bulldog Food. Uh, I also, then I got back into the insurance industry again, um, in which I sold insurance during the Affordable Care Act or Obamacare in um, 2009, 2010. 
Uh, I worked as a punter when I lived in England, which is a guy that like rows boats down the river. Um, I've worked as a kindergarten teacher in South Korea. Uh, I worked as an English and grammar teacher for Buddhist monks in Thailand for a minute. Um, and then I managed a restaurant at a music venue for a while as well. So uh, yeah, I've, uh, I guess that the short answer to that is I've had a lot of jobs. Uh, I've been working um, the vast majority of my life. So you've been working for that long now. That's a lot of jobs. And all the way, all across the earth, I would say, is in South Korea and England and America, I would say, right? But after all that, why did you pursue being a teacher? Why did you teach instead of doing other jobs such as the insurance worker uh, before? I think a lot of it has to do with that insurance job that I was doing um, during the Affordable Care Act in 2009, 2010, maybe even a little bit later. It might have been 2011. But um, regardless, or around that time period. So I started that company with two other guys, right? And it was very lucrative in the sense that like I was making a lot of money um, for my age. Uh, it was very easy as then we didn't have a boss. It was just the three of us in an office. We were in this gorgeous old building. We, we set our own hours. We did our own thing. We were completely independent. We were making good money. Uh, and I think the moral of it all is I still hated it. Like I would never have a job in the insurance um, industry that would have been easier or more free or more fun. And I still didn't like it. And I decided I wanted to change. And I, a friend of mine was going to South Korea at that point, And it was like a fad at that time for like young US college grads to spend a year in Korea. It was a, it was a thing that was happening. I was definitely not like a trailblazer. I was not original in this idea. There was plenty and plenty of other people doing it. Um, and this guy talked me into it and I decided to do it. And about a month before we were gonna leave, he backed out and he got scared and I decided to do it on my own. Um, and when I went out there, um, another friend of mine from college ended up joining me at the last minute. So I, I was not alone. And um, the two of us went out there and we had very difficult jobs, right? I was teaching in a kindergarten, which on its own isn't that difficult, but something like Springfield, I would teach so like four to five hours a day, right? At that kindergarten, I was teaching 10 classes a day. So straight through nine hours, I had a lunch break and that was it. All of my planning and then all of my like grading, marking, uh, building materials, cutting things out, buying stickers, right? Like whatever, all of that I had to do on my own time. And so it was a very difficult, very stressful environment. And I loved it. Like I, I really liked it and I really enjoyed it. And I really enjoyed the connection and stuff. And uh, a bunch of stuff happened in my life. And when that contract ended and I, I found myself managing that restaurant and I was back in the US again and doing it, like I hated it. And, and it was just, I had to get back into teaching as quickly as possible it's really the only thing I enjoy. And I, I've often talked to students uh, before about it of like, 
if I wasn't teaching IGCSE English, right? I would be coaching football at a small high school in the US. I would be coaching StarCraft. I'd be a, a guitar teacher. I'd be a, a history teacher. I'd be a campaign manager, right? I, I would have all of these similar skill sets of, I just wanna see people get better. Like it's the only thing I enjoy really in the world. I enjoy watching the process. I enjoy people like practicing something not to get it right, but to never get it wrong again. It's a new skill to level up, to get better at everything they do, to become better people, to become deeper thinkers. And there are many, many different routes. It doesn't have to be English. There, there are a thousand different ways to do that and to better yourself. And it's, it's all I really enjoy in the world. And if I wasn't teaching here, I would be doing something else in, in which I was watching people get better. So you've worked as a teacher for a long time now. You've taught everywhere. You know what you like, you know what you enjoy, you know which schools you like it, and you like seeing people improve. But I would say that it, it is hard work. It's stressful, it, lots of work, days and nights. And after all that, what gave you the push to continue? What gave you the push to keep going? instead of just giving up and going back to your old jobs, the one you'd say, you earn lots of money for a much easier work schedule compared to a teacher. Well, um, to be perfectly honest, like I'm not really a person that gets stressed and I would not describe uh, Springfield as stressful. Um, there are some negative words that I would use to describe teaching in ninth grade, like maybe maybe frustrating uh, very often, or like uh, there are moments in which you get annoyed and you're just like, dude, why aren't you doing this, right? Like, um, you know, today I'm given the minor assessment for summary and all of you have done it before, all, all of you have taken it. and. I still have kids, you know, copying and pasting from the passage or I have kids that, that aren't writing a topic sentence. And it's just like, guys, we've been hammering this for weeks. Like, uh, and, and I think those are frustrating in the sense that it's like, if you have a pet, right? And you've trained them and you're like, hey, look, I trained my dog how to sit on command. He can shake hands when I ask him to. He can fetch when I, when I fetch. And your friend comes over and you're like, hey, look, look, I taught my dog how to sit. And you run over there and you're like, hey, sit. And your dog doesn't do anything. And you're just like embarrassed in front of your friend. Your friend's like, I, I, th I thought you, well, well, I taught him how to shake hands. All right, uh, shake hands, Fido. And he just stares at you. And you're like, you're just like so frustrated. You're not mad because it's an animal, right? You're not stressed out because like, that's just a different emotion and a different set of things, but you're just like confused uh, to the point of like, why would you not want to do these things? Um, why would you not want to show off your ability? Uh, and, and when you get the opportunity to display how good you are, and all the things you can do, why wouldn't you take it? Uh, and, and I think those are the sort of negative emotions associated with uh, these things of like, you absolutely have the ability, you can do this. I've seen you do this before. Why are you not doing it? Uh, and, and you get that, but I mean, there's time involved with being an English teacher, right? Like marking uh, 120 papers after they come in, it, 
doesn't happen in the blink of an eye. Uh, but at the same time, like stress is not the word for that. I, I, I've spoken to the G12s many times before of like, in your adult life, do not confuse responsibility with stress. They're not the same thing, right? Having to brush your teeth every day is a responsibility. It's not stressful, right? Ha having to, to wake up and tie your shoes or, you know, oh no, I have to eat lunch and dinner every day, right? Those are responsibilities. They're not stress. Um, and, and the same is true over what I do at Springfield of just because I have X number of papers to grade or just because I have to get all of these grades in onto SECTA or just because I have to handle this many students or this many classes or, you know, schedules are changing or et cetera, et cetera. It's not stress. Like I'm the adults in the room and these things are very easily handled. You just, you just walk through it and you go through the next thing and it's not that big of a deal. I understand. And you said that you teaching grade nine can sometimes get frustrating as they didn't want to do, give their, their full potential. They don't want to do what you know they already can do. Then why teach grade nine? Why don't you teach higher grade levels? Why don't you teach grade levels that know what they're doing? They, you still can see them improve, but at a level that they know what they are doing and they know what they're capable of. Uh, I think it's, it's exactly in that question, Sean, um, is the answer of, to me, grade nine is simply the single best grade level to teach in which people, um, like students are still willing to listen and learn and change and develop. They're, they're still moldable. They still are, are figuring out who they are in the world. They're still developing and, and they're willing to listen and change and grow. Whereas that doesn't necessarily happen at, at older grade levels and at younger grade levels, students aren't as critically thinking. They, they aren't as well developed in their personality. They haven't become people. They haven't developed interests. And I, I find the younger grade levels to be a bit bland in which the humor tends to be just like randomness or goofiness that works. Whereas in high school, that there's wit, there, there's clever tricks, there's all sorts of different personalities and like ways of thinking and ways people approach problems and situations that are all different in a room, yet everybody's still trying to grow and develop. And I, I, I think G9 is just like the perfect bullseye spot for all of those things. Okay, thank you. I really enjoy talking to you again. I think it's been a great time. I haven't talked to you in a, the last time I talked to you was grade nine, wasn't it? So it's been quite a long time. So yeah, thank you. I'm gonna now hand it over to one of my other friends, Jordan. Thank you. Uh, first off, it's great to see you again. I, I like the fresh cut. <laughs> Thanks, man. Looking good. <laughs> did you did you grow a beard? I mean, I always have a beard. I, I haven't um, been clean shaven since I was 17. I didn't really notice it before, but I want to know how, how you're dealing with online school during the pandemic. Uh, so I would say, I think the biggest problem I have with online school is probably the exact same problem you guys have in that uh, it's boring. Um, and I, I think there's so many more things we can do in a classroom. There are so many different ways to teach, um, right? Like I, I enjoy throwing around a tennis ball 
Like I, I enjoy getting you guys out of your desks and moving around and doing like physical activities and, you know, uh, starting class with, with debates or, or starting class with, you know, seemingly random activities that are actually building towards the lesson objective or, you know, th throwing things off of the window or getting you guys into the big circles or like, you know, there, there are a hundred different things we can do. And in a classroom, like doing online learning, it's basically just here are your instructions, do your thing, you're on your laptop, type something in, right? And it's just, it, it's so slow going. So I think in my opinion, looking at monitors all day long is hard and tiring. And sitting for half the day is also super tiring. I mean, that's nice to know that the teacher can relate to the students, but how, how's the Vietnam students this year? I mean, they're great. Like, they're, they're absolutely doing the best of their abilities almost all across the board. I, I don't really have, like, problematic issues, discipline issues. Um, you know, there, there's some streaks of laziness, but like that's normal with, with teenagers, right? Like that's not, um, you know, the weirdest thing in the world. For the most part, everybody's on board. Everybody's trying to improve themselves and, you know, things are going well. It, it's just like I said, uh, I think things are boring. Like if you think back to when you were in ninth grade, um, and we did things like the civilization project or like doing the author stuff. And it's like, we're building things to put on the wall or we're getting people into groups or we're doing, you know, all, all sorts of things and you're getting to work and people are like division of labor and, and joining in in different ways and different strategies to build something. Um, the way it worked this year is basically, I just give people a PowerPoint and it's like, here's your civilization work with your group, get it back to me. <laughs> how how do you compare them to other students? Well, I, I try not to compare individual students to other students ever. Like, I just don't think that's fair, um, right? And and I always hated being compared to like my brothers or this guy or you know wh whatever it was. Um, so uh, on the whole, I would just like to talk about say their personalities and that I think this year kids are really witty. They they're, they're honey um i i have like i've got a group of kids that really like gives it back to me when i you know when, when i sort of get sassy they know how to like handle it and they get sassy back um and i i've had a lot of good interactions and and i think it's been fun on the whole so this year's great is much more interactive with you yeah, I, I mean, I think I have years in which like kids are more into sports or you get like, you know, boys that are like, let's call them more like jocks, right, that are dominating the sort of circle. And then I have groups in which like, you know, being a weeb is really popular that year or, or you know, then I've got like groups of kids that, you know, only play FPS games or like, you know, girls that get into K-pop or like, you know, girls that get heavy into fashion or, you know, you get like a, a group of like dark academia girls or, you know, things like that. And then I would just say on the whole this year, they seem to be more cohesive as a group. They seem to be less clicky and they seem to be like, quick to humor and quick to laugh. You know, to be honest, being taught by you made me think that uh, if I were to become a teacher, like what advice would you, would you give me? That's a good question. Man, I think possibly the best advice for life in general, not necessarily just teaching, but just to understand that like 
most people make mistakes out of ignorance, not out of malice, right? Like very rarely is somebody purposefully trying to be mean to you, like ever in your life, right? It will happen, it will happen, but it will be rare, right? Like the amount of people that just make mistakes because they are lazy or ignorant, and I mean ignorant in like the best possible sense here of like, they simply do not know. Like they have, they have forgotten, they've never been taught, whatever it may be. Like most people do things because they are ignorant, not because they are deliberately being mean. Almost always. Okay. How, how do you see yourself though in front? How do you see yourself in like the student's perspective? That's a good question. Um, I think possibly like the, the most negative comment I get very frequently is that like I'm intimidating and like, yeah, I, like I think that's absolutely true. I, I don't fight anybody on that. I think that's, that's fair criticism. And I do know that I'm, I'm intense and like I have, you know, this is where I want us to be and this is how we're going to get there. Get on the boat or give up. Like, you know, and I, I definitely have that sort of mentality of there is a right way to do things this is how we are going to do it. And, and that's how we're going to get there. But like on the whole, I think, um, I think who I am as a singular individual is a lot different than who I am in a class in front of 30 people, right? You, you have to be more strict. You have to be a rule follower. You have to like have a hard line on different things and discipline and like, who I am as an actual one-on-one -on -one person is, is very different than that. I think I'm far more relaxed face-to-face -face, um, or outside of the room. Well, I can tell you that some people, what they think of you is like, if you miss a period, you'll regret it the next day. Because what you do is like, you, you ask these people constantly, like, <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you get what I mean, but yeah. I do, yeah, like starting the next day with like, what did we do yesterday? Or like, you know, I know. I, like do, doing the sit and stand thing and just doing the, the rapid fire, right? Like, uh, I hope you can tell me um, of like, you know, the seven point plot or like, you know, what, what's number one, what's number two, right? What, what, what do you do in the first part of a letter? Give me an example of a metaphor, right? Like doing the, the rapid fire sort of rote memorization stuff and call and response. Um, but yeah, that's, that's very effective. Um, teaching research stuff like that's those are one of the few things that replicate and like how do people actually learn and it's you've got to you got to do repetition and you've got to do quick fire learning that's nice to know yeah. what what advice would you give these students that you're teaching right now that's that's a very good question i don't know if i have a singular point of advice um i think a lot of them have already broken through this point but this is one point of advice that I would like to, to get like all students is you don't do these things for the teacher, right? You don't show up on time for the teacher. You don't complete your homework because the teacher asked you to. You don't do, you know, you, you don't do the best on the test because the teacher asked you to. You don't like avoid cheating because the teacher wants you to do that. You do all of those things for yourself, right? The only reason you should ever do any of those things is so that you can become a better version of yourself, right? Like, I hope 
that Jordan becomes the best possible version of Jordan he can be. And the only way he does that is by practicing and by getting better and by making small improvements all the time. All right. You know, uh, I've heard some people uh, say that they summed that funny words, but I actually want to know, like, what's the funniest work uh, you've seen in a project or like the funniest word that people have submitted to you? I, I mean, I, I think the funniest stuff are, are when like students have like heard a word or like seen a word written down or, or something and like try to make a jump for it and don't actually know what it is. Or like, you know, you'll, you'll get something written down and you have to like say it out loud a few times and you're like, oh, that's what they're doing. Um, but it might have been Dom, Sean's brother, that wrote an entire story about me, like that he submitted to me, um, in which like the main character's name was like Renmus, right? Sumner backwards. Um, and like, it, he did stuff like that. Um, but Dom, Dom's got a, a very funny sense of humor. Um, Yeah, that, that one's sticking out. And then I also had uh, one of the vlog project once that was that was totally hilarious um, from a student that's no longer at Springfield. And he submitted one that was just, it was totally sarcastic and ironic. And it was like, I, I was just laughing throughout the entire thing. It was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I guess that's, that's enough for me. I'm gonna pass it to Dylan. All right. Um, hello, mister. Long time, long time no see. Hey, Dylan. I, 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 you say long time no see, but I'm pretty sure I saw you walking in the neighborhood like two weeks ago. Yeah, usually I see you. <laughs> you you're usually jogging while I'm biking most of the time. That's fair. So, mister, um, have you ever caught anyone cheating? Oh, Or... yeah, all the time. I, I caught somebody cheating about um, 10 minutes before this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Do you usually catch more people cheating online or during school or like when we were at school? I actually think it was, um, well, so when you are at school, it, it's almost impossible to cheat on these Cambridge exams other than like the, the sort of stuff that happens where the first class takes the exam, then they tell everybody in the second class, like at lunch, like which one it is and everybody looks it up on the phone and, you know, um, and then, Uh, I, I just got around that by changing exams between classes, um, like giving different classes different exams. Um, and, and that happens, but like most frequently the cheating that occurs in my class happens during career day where people try to like fake the interview or people try to like um, submit a formal report paper that's clearly just like a cut and paste off of something else. Um, I had one girl that like, basically just wrote the words of a YouTube video and sent it in to me as her paper, uh, right? Like I clearly just watched the video over and over and typed it out. Um, but yeah, I, I, I catch kids cheating all the time. But like I was saying to Jordan just a minute ago, like you don't take it personally. They're not doing it out of spite. Almost always the reason why the kids are doing that is like they've run out of time they feel under pressure, they feel like they can't perform and they're trying to find the easy way out of the situation. So what do you usually do to these kids that you, cut, that you, that you catch them cheating? What, what do you usually do? Do you give them zero or do you just tell them not to do it? Just uh, let it pass? No, I, I, I give them typically, 
Well, it, it actually, it totally depends on the situation, right? Like if the kid shows remorse, shows, you know, that like they know they messed up or, you know, they can explain what happened or, or why they did it or et cetera, et cetera. Um, typically I just let them do it again. And I just like, you know, knock 10 points off or whatever and give me another shot, uh, just do it again, um, get, give it to me. But like, if a kid's being, like mean about it or denying it or you know like here's, here's a funny story of like one time a kid plagiarized a uh, career day paper by just cutting and pasting an article from like the new yorker or the atlantic or whatever from like 1997 and i printed it out and i showed the kid and i was like hey why'd you do this and he looked me dead in the eyes and he was just like, I don't know how the magazine got my paper. They must have really liked it. <laughs> and I was like, really? Like that's how we're gonna handle this? Um, and he was just like, yeah. And I was like, dude, it was published before you were born. Like you weren't even born yet. And this was published and it was like, yep, don't know how they did it. They must have really liked my paper. And like just denied it. And in a situation like that, it's like, we got to give him a zero. We got to call parents and we got to have a meeting. We've got to like, let this kid know that, you know, this is not okay. And that there's a line here, but I, I would say 85% of the time I would be like, Hey Dylan, we need to talk about your paper. And you would just immediately be like, I'm sorry. I know what I did. You know? And in that case, it's like, all right, man, take a week, do it again, get it to me next Monday. Right. Um, and that's the end of the conversation. Um, and that's really it. Um, so, Mr. I've actually been wanting to ask you this question from G9, but I think I've never gotten the chance to, but what made you have like unique backgrounds when we're studying? Oh, have you never really never seen that? You haven't figured that out? I've, I think you've told me once, but I don't, I don't remember you telling me. So, um, Allison is in here. Um, so this is going to totally blow it um, for them. Uh, so, if you see on the front page of my secta, it has all of the rules and expectations thing before. It was formatted a little differently for you. It was on a sheet of paper um, that I would have handed out to you guys. Uh, the people that actually read this uh, figure it out. Um, the people that don't, do not. Um, and it says at number eight, extra credit will be given on a rolling basis throughout the semester. This is usually in the form of word of the day sentences, trivia questions, or explaining how the slide background matches the lesson. If you can explain to me how it matches the lesson, you get it. I remember many times um, when you were teaching my class, there were many, um, like most of your backgrounds was from an anime. I still remember many. I remember, um, I know at least one uh, off the top of my head is when we do that Murakami story about his dad um, in the military, the background is from your name. Yeah, I remember. Uh, yeah, and that is because they take place in the same prefecture. Um, and it, it says it at the beginning, I, I've forgotten the name of it, it's a long Japanese word, right? But it's like, when I was living in Osaka prefecture, whatever, and it's the same place that your name takes place in. Um, so, Mister, what ha has there ever been a moment that made you really, really mad in your at, at the class from any batch? No, I don't think so. 
uh, or at least nothing's coming to mind. Um, I've definitely been mad at other adults, like other teachers. Um, but with kids, like even the story that I was relaying to you a minute ago, if that kid like, you know, plagiarizing his paper from an article and just not admitting it, like on the inside, I'm going like, man, this kid is so brave. Like this kid is like, you know, like this is ridiculous. Like, um, or, or, or it's almost funny, um, but I don't think I've ever gotten really mad. Um, okay, I can think of one in, in which I was so just like, I could not understand what the other person was thinking. Was um, I was throwing the ball around in class and uh, you know how every class has the president and vice president and the Garuda Panchasila um, on the wall. I had a student throw the ball into the vice president. It was, it was Yusuf Kala at this point. So it was like two, three years ago, um, at least. Uh, and it broke the frame. And immediately he just wouldn't admit it. It was like, it was somebody <laughs> else. And it was like 30 people in the room just watched you do that. Like, did you see him throw it? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> everyone did. And then like, even the next day, I made a joke about it of like, well, I guess we can't throw balls around in the room thanks to, you know, John Smith. And he was like, what? I didn't do anything. It was like, you broke the vice president picture yesterday. And he was no, I didn't, that wasn't me. And it was like, it just, it just blew my mind. Like, I, I couldn't figure out what he was thinking. Like, I, I just, I just couldn't get into his headspace. And, and I think that was more just bizarre uh, than, than anything else. So, Mister, what's, what's your, what's your first impression of us, of three of us? Because my first impression of you, Mister Sumner, from what my sister and my brother told me is that you're a weep. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm definitely a bit of a weep. Um, I, I'm, I'm willing to take that. Uh, right, like as I'm taking sips out of my water bottle with like, I've got a big old Totoro sticker on it. And you know, I got my like cow emojis and everything that I give out. Um, I, I'm cool with that. Um, I think, um, Dylan, if you remember, I think you missed the first couple weeks of school. I, I think you were having foot surgery. Yes, I did. I remember, yeah, I skipped yeah. a week or two. Yeah, so I, I think you came a bit later. Um, and I, I don't mean to put words in your mouth or, or put you on the spot or anything, but I think you were still like in recovery even when you came back. So it was like, you were a bit slow. You were a bit like, it, you weren't your full personality self for a little while. Um, and, and so I, I think first impression of you is probably different than where our relationship actually went you know uh and that it was like okay like let him go like don't don't ask questions like don't don't ask too much of him because yeah it, it felt like you know you were in recovery and we've all been there um all had to recover um first impressions of um jojo i i think um I think Jordan was really funny uh, off the bat. Uh, I, I remember him like sort of giving things back to me, um, uh, especially you had a, a camera set up for a while that was like the side of your face and like pointing out the window, uh, if, if I remember correctly. And like you used to do weird things with that. Like you used to like, you know, sit in strange positions or like go in and out of frame and like, you know, 
I think you were you were pretty quick to make fun of me and realize that I could take it and like you know wouldn't get mad at you or anything. I would just like you know make fun of you back. Um, and, and I also think you were you were somebody that I really depended on in class of like, hey, Jeremy's not here. Do you know where he is? Like, can you call him? Can you do something? Um, and that was also the beginning stages of the pandemic and everybody's still trying to figure out like how to handle online school and what was going on. Um, and I think Jordan was was very dependable um, and helpful in that. Uh, so that was, that, he was he was definitely a good kid for me to have for a little while. Uh, and then uh, Sean is definitely one of the kids that speaks his mind immediately and doesn't really hold back anything. Um, and I think that was my first impression of him and I think it's still true now. So, Mr. What do you think of the hybrid learning next week? Do you think it's not going to work or do you think it's going to work out? I, I mean, I'm excited for us to do something and uh, to make those those next steps going forward. Uh, I'm, I'm a little disappointed in that, you know, similar to what I was saying earlier, that I think uh, online school is boring because it takes away all of the fun things we can do in the classroom. I still think hybrid does that too, of like, we're still gonna be ha have to be, you know, socially distanced. Everybody's gonna have to be on their laptops and looking at screens and like, you know, uh, we're still not gonna be able to have the interactive aspect of it that I want. But I do think it is a prudent step forward. I think it would be a bad move to go from completely online to completely in-person with everyone. Mm -hmm. I think that would be, be a mistake. And I do think as we sort of transition out of this pandemic, as we get higher and higher vaccination numbers, as we know that in-person schooling is going to make a comeback, this has to be the first step. I'm not particularly excited about it, but like it has to be the first step and we have to start somewhere. And so this, this is how we're doing it. Um. Talking about hybrid learning, do you think you'll be SFCOT next year or not? Oh, that's a good question. I hadn't even thought about it. Do you, do you mean next year as in like January 2022? Yeah. yeah. Oh, so like four months from now, something like that? Yeah. Well, uh, honestly, I think the best question or the best people to ask that to would be you guys, right? Like you're, you're going to have to be the ones that organize it. Uh, so if you don't mind, me just flipping it back around. Dylan, what do you think? Hmm. I think it kind of depends on term three. If term three, it's already going to be fully hybrid, you know, still some people online. I feel like that's, I feel like that's the case. But at the same time, we haven't started any fundraising, if I'm pretty sure. So in my opinion, I don't think so. We're going to have SF Cup next year. I, I think if we do aim for it, we should start preparing right now and we should start preparing for events that can be done regardless, right? Like I, I think Sekola Notre Dame um, is doing a good job on that right now of like, oh, we can set up esports tournaments and we can set up like, you know, speech and debate in this style. Um, we can set up like, oh, you know, video editing, makeup tutorials, these types of things that don't require big groups of people to be competing on the same floor space, right? Yeah. Uh, and and I, I think esports is definitely a good way to go about that of like, you're going to have to have people separated and you're going to have to have a lot of it be 
independent competition. Um, I don't think we're ready for stuff like futsal and basketball and volleyball just yet, but I do think we might be ready for something like individual singing competitions or yeah, doing Valorant or Mobile Legends or StarCraft, if ever, ever. <laughs> StarCraft. <laughs> if, if anybody wants to do a StarCraft tournament, I'll participate, um, but yeah. So, Mister, what what do you think is your opinion on the house system right now? Since you yourself are a leader of, I forgot which one, but I'm pretty uh, sure you're a leader. I am. I'm. I'm uh, the house leader or house master. Is that the term we're using? I believe. Um, for for Bronze Beak, um, this is the second time I have been a house leader. Um, in fact, I still have some of the merch from. Um, old houses, we, we uh, themed them on animals last time and I was the house leader for Orca. So far, obviously it's the beginning, it's the rollout, but as somebody that participated in the house system when I was in Oxford, I think it is really good. Uh, I, I think it encourages competition in a friendly way. I think it helps with participation. I think it helps people get excited about things that they normally wouldn't be excited about. Uh, I think it opens up opportunities for students to be involved. And I also think more importantly, it opens up like older students for opportunities to mentor younger students and develop relationships um, across grade levels that normally don't happen. Um, last but not least, Mister, what do you think about the student council this year? Do you think they're going to perform better than last year or less? Well, uh, in the same way we were talking before, of, I, I don't want to compare this student to that student, this, this grade to, to that grade. I, I just don't think it's fair. I just don't think it's fun. But I would like to say uh, a full set of compliments to everyone involved of, I think Brendan and Karen have gotten off to a great start um, organizing everybody. I think um, everyone I've had in my house system so far, everybody I've had in points meeting, um, e even people like like Allison emailing me about this and Karen getting, getting the time set up and you three guys being obviously prepared with questions and ready to go and, you know, spending time after, you know, school is over to do these sorts of things. I think the energy is there. I think the participation is there. I, I think we're fired up. Like, I, I see nothing but good things coming out of you guys. And yeah, I think you deserve all of the compliments in the world. Like, there's been great motivation and the discipline required to follow it up. Uh, thank you, Mr. I think that's enough for today. Uh, thank you for spending some of your time with us today. Awesome. Well, have a lovely day, guys. I appreciate the time.